Saying low, Apple Music. This place is very sentimental for me because, you know, starting from PlayStation Theater all the way to City Field now, so it's been a journey. Not only did I do it on my own terms and all that, I did it against all odds. It's the beginning of the new level. Levels. New York is built on them. And that moment standing on top of the world with Burner Boy, looking out as far as the eye can see, it felt like anything was possible. We started our day at street level, where the music begins and you hear it coming out of every car, every building, every stoop. And you find it rock and soul, a legendary Manhattan spot, instrumental in helping to build the foundation of rap music when it opened in the mid-70s. Burner Boy's new album, I Told Them, encapsulates that can't-be-stopped energy that New York and its hip-hop legacy breeds, which is why we met here, digging in the crates. Oh, there he is. I got here early, bro. <laughs> uh, good to see you. How are you doing, man? Good, man. How's things? So far, so good. Back out here in the Big Apple? Yeah, man. What was the first show? Was it the PS5 show? Uh, no, the PlayStation Theater, yeah. Yeah, Times Square. Yeah. Six years ago, just under? Yeah, that was like 2016 or 17. Straight now to City Field. You're like the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah dude, you went from the Kevin Club to Shea Stadium in six years. You're the Beatles. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> this is like my Happy Place vinyl, and uh, I love shopping for music, yeah, and man. I love getting involved in it. Like, did, did, did this kind of ever Shit, play I a role in your Naughty life? by Nature right here. Around, yeah, dude, absolutely. <laughs> that was a big one for me as well as a kid growing up. Yeah. I can't remember really what it was about for them, for me. I think it was just... Tretch just was like the samurai on the mic. Yeah, it was the know? energy, you know? Energy. What was um, that moment like when you, your worlds came together? Like, it's one thing for you to be a fan, and the next thing you know, it's like, okay, well, now I can get them on the phone and we can make this happen. It was a, obviously, it was a twice as tall album where I had them in it. Yeah. But for me, it's like, I've been their fan since then, since, of them since like, I was a, I was a baby, yeah. like, literally baby, you know. Like, so it's an honor, it's a great honor that you know that could be possible, you know. So it's part of the, them eye-opening moments where it's just like, rah, this is where I'm at now. <laughs> I know. You know. It's crazy when you're a fan of something and it seems so far away. So you don't even understand how far away. I can't even explain how far away for me coming yeah. from where I'm coming from. Yeah. It's impossible. What was your first impression of New York when you came here, having grown up listening to so much of the music that inspired you and then you finally landed in, in New York? To me, it looked just like Lagos, only with more tall buildings yeah, closer yeah. together. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the same energy as Lagos. Yeah. It's the same, everybody's in a hurry. Yeah. You know, it's the same. I felt like, wow. <laughs> This can't be what they be showing me on TV. Like I know this place. <laughs> you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like this ain't, this don't look like TV land. <laughs> Dude, I mean, it could be more different from Auckland, bro. So when I came here, I was like, what is this place? This is crazy. The noise and the energy and everything about it. No, you need, have you been to Lagos? No, I've been to Mali and other parts. I'm due to go at the end of the year. Yeah, first when time. you go to Lagos, you see what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know? How often did you spend time in Lagos, given that you kind of were raised in River State, and I know I mean, it's, it's all part from of From high but, school. Right. You know, I got sent to high school. Yeah, but, but even before then, it's like my mom's parents are live in Lagos, mm. so I have to go there to see them. And you know, my great-grandma, mm. she couldn't even speak any English. So I have to communicate with her, so I had to learn. You know, so it's like Lagos has always been a part of me. It's like... yeah. What about music in Port Harcourt though, growing up? When I saw the Whiskey documentary, man, I found it profoundly moving. And uh, 
you know, I, I really commend you and, and the team and, and everyone who put that together for raising awareness on what's going on out there. Obviously, there was whatever was going on was going on, but yeah. like we weren't really exposed to it so early. You know, it's like when you're young, you don't really know that anything around you is bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's like it was a great, you know, it was to us, it was almost like any other any other play, anyone else growing up. Yeah, any, any other, other child, like, yeah. Exactly, yeah. so yeah. it's as you grow up that you start to understand and you start to realize and take in. That end of innocence is yeah, brutal, right? Because yeah, you start yeah. to realize yeah, the things yeah. you didn't have your eyes yeah, on at the literally. time. I loved it when you said like, I, I was watching or, or reading some interview where you said like, someone said, oh, why music? And you're like, it really was the only thing I was consistently good at. Good at. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, did you try anything else or was it just? Yeah, you know what it is? It's like, for me, yeah. I'm the kind of person where it's like everything I was inter interested in, mm. I was good at. Mm. But the thing is, it's like maybe one day I'll just see some, maybe someone who do it better than me or some shit and then yeah. I just kind of start losing interest in the whole thing <laughs> yeah. and then just move on to yeah. something else, Which know? is actually super smart when you think about it because I think what we lack as kids is focus. Yeah. We don't know what we're focused exactly. on. And next thing you know, we're trying to do six different things. Exactly. It's like, it, like it's hard to explain it to young people, but if they can find something that makes their heart beat faster and yeah. focus on it. Exactly, and that's kind of where music came in for me, you know? When did this come in? Oh, oh shit. Oh, shit. Nah, this one right Dude, here. Dude, this plays a big part on this album, man. I feel like exactly. this is part of the DNA exactly. of this new album. Yeah, man. This is, this is like everything my spirit is mm. in one vinyl. <laughs> is it because, and I always felt this, because to me it walked the line beautifully between the competitiveness of like music and art and rap, but it's like, at a higher plane, yeah. spiritually That's and what I'm thematically. It's more, it's more like a script, like a manual. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's more like a manual to people coming from where we, you know, like yeah. worldwide. It's like the, everyone comes from something like this yeah. worldwide. The number seven appears a lot on this and the number seven yeah. appears on your new album as yeah. well, Big Seven. That's the number of God. Right. Yeah. I always loved the fact that they referred to each other as gods as well. And then they, exactly. they brought that whole kind of the way that the they apply religion yeah. it, it, into this album and into hip hop and with all of the Kung Fu and everything going on around it. It was all about discipline and it was all about servitude, but it was also very street. Knowledge of self. And very yeah. hip. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you've gotten to sit with RZA recently course, and explore that knowledge. Yeah. It's always a deep experience. It's, for me, those are the, pri the most priceless moments for me, you know? He's not big on small talk, RZA. Exactly. He gets deep into yeah, the heart of it. You're both cancers as well, mm -hmm. born a couple of days apart. Do you mm -hmm. see elements two days of, of two days apart, it's crazy. Do you see elements of him when he talks or do you, do you recognize him in yourself and do you think it goes by submission? Literally, you know, like that's why I'm more drawn towards, you know, his wisdom and his, um, teachings if you if you may <laughs> you know? yeah yeah so what role did incorporating some of the um theology of the wu-tang clan into your album what what role did that did that have in helping you make this new album i told them having like the kung fu samples and yeah. jizzer and things like that it kind of showed me exactly the way i wanted to express what i was feeling and and what my unit was feeling you know, it's mm. like the spirit of my unit, like, you know, just kind of put that in. Cause this is, 
this is every day. Like, you know, like this is a side where it's like people don't really get to see because it's like, I don't really care for anyone. <laughs> you know, I like my, it's, I have fun <laughs> yeah. with it like this, you yeah. know, but I felt like this time, this is a way, this is a, uh, how do I put it? A, a, a more understandable way to pass that feeling and that energy across, you know? And, and at the same time, showing you that's not you, like showing mm. everyone really that, you know, the combination of worlds is something that, that we've been, we haven't really capitalized on. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, once we're all unified, yeah. everything else, the fruits of that just take care of everything. You know, this whole idea of, of having a, um, reaching an audience on a global level from within your community is something that the arts have, have finally been able to embrace. I think about some of the incredible, I think about people like Fella, right? Yeah. Imagine what would have happened if Fela didn't have gatekeepers telling him that his music could only exist in certain record stores and radio weren't gonna touch it and everything else. I think about how impactful this music is just by being handed around from person to person, you know what I mean? Mm. But now, imagine if Fela came out at a time when streaming services were around and it was like, you could just hear it whenever you want. No one could tell you straight up, like, ah, oh, you have to be a real head to find that or you have to go experience it. We're not gonna play it on mainstream. Do you know what I mean? Well, for me, you see what, what I've realized is the times are really funny because Fela in his time was going through things that, that if he was here today, Right, it might have been a whole different feeling. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like a whole bunch of people, especially, in fact, almost only <laughs> from Nigeria. Yeah, yeah. Who you see today celebrating Fela, saying, "Oh yeah, he's this and he's great and all this." Yeah, are the same people. <laughs> yeah, that if let's say there was Twitter today or some yeah. shit. They are the same people that will be talking about, oh, they put, um, they'll be tagging the police to go and arrest Fela for some shit. You know, some yeah. stupid shit. Like they, they'll be doing, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So at the end of the day, I feel like the times are so, like God doesn't make mistakes. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like the times are just perfect for everyone. You know what I mean? Because like, like if he was here today and he's, his career started. He may not have had the space exactly, to explore that. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. because there's too much in this day and age that just doesn't, just doesn't um, interlock with the spirit. Yeah, no, we drown out the, exactly. the good stuff. Exactly, now. it's like right now, spirituality is almost non-existent. Mm. <laughs> Do you understand? Now it's just, mm mostly run by stupidity mm. and ignorance, you know what I mean? So, mm. and it was still the same back then, but it wasn't as amplified and there wasn't so much access to <laughs> the stupidity and ignorance. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so, different distractions. Yeah, now everything same. is defined by stupidity and ignorance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. it's, it's different times and I, I'm grateful for the fact that he was, he existed in his time so that you know, we could get and experience the full, the true organic nature of what he was and the essence of what he, what he stood for and what he tried to, what, what he, the message he passed across to us, you know what I mean? You know, man, it's, whenever I hear your music, new music, or I, or I 
I spend time talking with your like, ex experience, anything that you're doing as Burner Boy, I feel like that is to some degree the clash that exists in your spirit, which is I exist in a time where music comes out like this and people talk about it like this. Yeah. But you're trying to keep some of that, like trying to find a place exactly. where, just try and find some space. For me, it's like, I just, I wish I was there. <laughs> like I was, that was my time. You know what I mean? Like sometimes, but then I'd be like, hmm, if it was my time, maybe I wouldn't be, you know, this person and this, yeah. you know, have this understanding of what I understand today. You know what I mean? Maybe the understanding of what was happening back then yeah. would have been, I would have been out of place, you know? It's like, so I just take everything for what it is and just do what feels best to my spirit. I was thinking about you the other day, man, because I was playing Sprinter and I was watching the way that song, that Dave and Sent record yeah. is just flying. Crazy. And then I was like checking out Jay Huss's stuff. I was like, oh my days. And then Stormzy with the new double A or whatever, just the street singles. And I'm like, mm. wow, the UK is about to have maybe the most eruptive era Crazy of runs. global success what? in a long, long time. And I was thinking, you've been so central to that and had such an important collaborative role in that. Friendships have formed out of all that experience. Their success is your success. I was dying to ask you how you feel watching all your, your peers and your friends now starting to, it's happening. I mean, for me, it's, it's something I'm always, you know, I'm always happy, proud, and honored to be a part of, you know? Mm. Especially because it's like, I'm, I'm kind of a, how do you explain it? It's like that, call, it's like, they're like my cousins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you know yeah. What I mean? So, so, so yeah, win or so lose, it doesn't matter. They're exactly. still proud. Yeah, so yeah. it's like they're like my cousins. Mm. To see them get to where they're getting to, and you know, me being along in that journey yeah. as a cousin, not even like a brother or sister. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's amazing. You know. It's because the music is sounding like so exciting. It's wild how when I hear these records now, I don't even think that it's a case of all these other metrics of value coming into play. I think it's just the quality of the music and the yeah. energy, you know? What about this cat? Yeah, oh my boss. Gosh. Oh my gosh. The God. I know. Yeah, I was actually with him yesterday. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. What are you guys talking about? Just hangers kicking it? Shit, a lot of stuff, man. Just building, you know, just building for real. What does the future look like with you and Buster Rhymes in it? That's what I want to know. Well, it's bright. That's all I can tell you. Wow. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. This must be the greatest time in your life as a, a fan yeah. to know that you've reached a point where that, that as I, we were saying before, that road that began with being a fan has led you to this place where you get to share in these experiences, you know? Yeah, man. Hang out with Rizzo, go make potentially some greatness exactly. with Buster Rhymes. It's crazy. Crazy. All right, album time, bro. A lot to talk about on this album. I'm excited to get into it with you. I told them. Told who? Told us? Everyone. Everyone. Yeah, but most especially, you know, they say a lot of times that Prophet is not really recognizing his own home and shit. Mm. So this one is for the part of my own home and the people in my own home who mm. didn't believe or doubt it or still doubt or any type of thing. You know what I mean? So this is... And not just them, it's like everyone that ever heard me speak in the past or in, or in when I first started, you know, if you can go back to my, my old tweets and stuff, like I basically predicted everything that's happening now, mm. you know? So this is basically 
that. That's one of the things I love about social media. We don't give enough credit for the fact that it is like st- low key a manifestation tool. Mm-hmm. For real. You know, once you put it out to the world, I mean, you're gonna feel something when you release that. For real. That, that verbiage, right? But people don't get that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. People don't understand the power of that. I wondered what you were gonna do after the last album because it was such a personal record. <laughs> and I was like, all right, he's releasing a lot of himself to us now. Where's he gonna go? I was like, is he gonna get out the acoustic guitar? We're we gonna get Burner unplugged. <laughs> but you, we kind of so, went the other way. But you, well, that's interesting. We'll talk about that later on. But um, you kind of went the other way, man. There's like a lot of, it's like I talk about Drake. Like my favorite Drake is Chip on the Shoulder Drake. Like there's a little bit of a chip on the shoulder on this album. Yeah. I have to say, I must admit. It's a little bit of whoosh, whoosh, Like, if you don't get it, yeah, a little bit. And so how do you describe that energy before you, because I know you don't write conventionally, you go and you feel, and then you express yourself in the creative place from the head and the heart. What's that feel like before it makes it onto a record, that sense of like, well, how after all this time you still don't get it? I'm going to put it on the record. It's almost like I'm happy they don't, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Because... It's juice. If they did, then I would have to make some other album. <laughs> you know what I mean? You'll find some other phone. Exactly. There will, there'll be something else to sing about, but this is fun. It's, it's fun to tell people something you know is true and they doubt. <laughs> and then they end up seeing it. You know, there's no greater yeah. feeling. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I, I kind of need to know a little bit more about like where the doubt lives because obviously I'm on the other side where I'm seeing all the achievements mm. and all the success and a road that just seems endless for you. So it's interesting to me to this point when you go into stadiums that you still got this kind of healthy sort of fuck you attitude, you know, in yeah. this record. It's really because of where I'm from, man, and, and, and the shit I have to go through to, to just maneuver, you know, and just to stay stay with my crown on my head, you know? Why do you think it is? Why do you think it's harder for the people that know you best to love you the most? Because they don't know you best. You just think, you just thought they did. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that was where you made the mistake. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you realize that, when you start going around the world and you start seeing that, oh, there's actually motherfuckers that know me a lot better than the people that have shared the same experience in life not even experience because half of them you know, yeah. 90% of them have almost no ex- no real life experiences that they can understand which is why you hear most of nigerian music or i would say african music i don't even know what to say afro beats as mm. people call it mm. <laughs> it's mostly about nothing <laughs> literally nothing there's no substance to it. Like there's like nobody's talking about anything. It's just a great time. It's an amazing time. <laughs> you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, life is not an amazing time. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? No matter how nice you want your, your of a time you're having now or you had at some point mm. or you plan to have, yeah, you're still going to face life. <laughs> yeah. And if I'm lying. Exactly. So it's like for me. I feel like music should be that. Music should be the essence of the artist. You understand? The artist is 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 a person. Like me speaking for myself, the artist is a person who has good days, bad days, great days, and worse days. <laughs> you know what I mean? And for me, if I give you something like this with my face on it and my name, 
then I should be giving you that experience. Yeah. You know what I mean? I should be, that should be a, a, a window for you to see some of, you know, that essence. <laughs> This album is full of it. There's emotional moments, there's tributes, there's, um, I mean, I mentioned if I'm lying before, I, I don't like doing hierarchy, especially in, in direct, like, connection with the artist, like, you're right in front of me, so I'm about to make a statement, but I think for me, if I'm lying, might be the best thing you've ever done, for me. I feel so too. I'm glad you said that. Yeah, I agree. I feel like it's my best song ever. I mean, just the, just the lyrics, the way that you connect the idea of going through the human experience to, to the end of the world, while the world could potentially be coming to an end. You know? like, yeah. So it's, it's just beautiful and the performance is out of control. I'd love to know where you recorded that because I can't imagine it was in a, in a conventional place. Oh man, that's, a, that's actually the most funniest story of recording in the whole If you album. tell me it was in the back of a tour bus, I'm gonna leave and we're like... <laughs> <laughs> no, not that, okay. it wasn't that crazy, but... So basically, I'm in um, St. Martin. I went to St. Martin. I had to, I was supposed to, I was on tour in yeah. the whole Caribbean, and it was St. Martin's dates. And uh, I'm there, and I call Still Bangles, who is in the UK, mm -hmm. because we were supposed to finish the Sidhu track, Rest in Peace, Sidhu. Mm. I couldn't be there. I had to be in. Yeah, yeah, yeah So he had to fly to St. Kitts, <laughs> right, for the Sidhu track. Now, did that, naturally slapped it off quickly. And then um, we're just kicking it now. <laughs> we're saying kids. Yeah, jobs, mission accomplished. The mission's accomplished, right? But the show hasn't happened yet. The show is still supposed to happen like the next night or mm -hmm. something like that. Mm -hmm. And then it rains crazy. Like crazy. Like only a can out in that part yeah, of the world. Like, really, like, just like, like that too. Real rain, right? Yeah. And then the stage, everything was just fucked. There's no way the show could happen, right? So now, just kicking it, basically, right? So Bangles goes to the waterfront, and he's just there, hours, just in front of the beach, just listening to the water, just, you feel me, with his laptop and whatever, you know what I mean? And then Later on, he just comes on, comes back, and just opens the shit and just plays that shit. So he made that shit in front, like, while he's staring at the ocean yeah, on his own with a laptop yeah, open? Yeah. <laughs> what a beautiful fusion yeah. of the real, holistic, spiritual earth but, uh, and technology. And it's raining. <laughs> and his laptop's open. Yes. Like, obviously, he's covered. But still. He has his ways and shit. So the words came to you like they always do. He yeah. felt it and it just rolled. It's spiritual. Spiritual. You know? yeah. That song is spiritual. Yeah. The chorus is crazy, man. Like, if I'm lying, you know, uh, I can't remember the exact words, but the trees are yeah. dying and the, yeah. everything's just coming to a natural end. I let them, I let you guys be the judge of that, you know what I mean? Yeah, but you know, like, <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Uh, yeah, I'll let you guys be the judge of how amazing that song is, right? Easy. About. <laughs> Easy. I'm mean, just humble, you know, just humble You know, um, the spirit and the legacy and the influence of Virgil will never, ever die. And ever. because humanity and as a species, we will keep it alive and the greatness will, and you see it in everything now. I see it way more than I saw it even when he was here. That's how it goes. Right, I'm just noticing it, I think, just everywhere. He was such a good friend of yours, and um, I love the tribute. I love hearing him speak, and I love the way he was con sort of connecting with you about your music. Was that for Love, Dominion, or was that for this album? That was actually for Love, Dominion. That, yeah, yeah. that was supposed to be the whole thing, the whole concept behind it, you know? Yeah. So that's what um, him, my sister, and I, mm. 
we were the creative team behind, mm. you know, this shit, thinking about, okay, yeah, this is how it's going to be and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, and then fucking he died, you know, and then everything just got weird. I think about your relationship now with um, fabric and mm. clothes and things, yeah. right? And I think about the way people relate to the art and fashion. I think before it was something that fashion paid for, and now I think it feels like a natural trade between arts. And I feel like Virgil was one of the first people, yeah. in the modern age at least, to really connect all of his passions into one thing, yeah. and everyone followed him in. Especially like, like Virgil was the heart of this shit. Like, you know what I mean? It's like the heart of the whole fashion world, especially for us black. Mm. And not just that, it's like just the cool creativity in the man's head, like it's just a difference. Like you look at something, he looks at it, you're seeing a whole, you're seeing different colors than each. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's crazy. And we spoke a bit about the Big Seven, you know, Big Seven being, a, you know, the seven gods and, and you use that to pay tribute in a special way to Sidhu and to Virgil and to those people that have come before you. Um, can we talk a bit more about that song and what it means to, how you felt when you were creating that piece of music? Because I can hear in it how important it is to you. And it's, it seems to have a special place on the album. I mean, for me, that song is, um, it's like, how do I explain it? Have you seen that cartoon, Robot Chicken? No. It's not really a cartoon, it's more like animated, but it's a cartoon, but it's, you know? Mm -hmm. But then it's like, it's called Robot Chicken, but you never really see a robot chicken. Right. Right. <laughs> it's just a bunch of random scenes happening. Right, right. You feel me? And right. it's, oh, but it all comes together though. It's like, this is all part of one machinery. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you just see it like these are the compartments of of of, of the mind and the, of 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 the series of events. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So for me, it's like that song and the whole album, like the the body of work, the way it goes and stuff. That's kind of the way the 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 way I wanted you to see it. I wanted you to feel like like it's it's the robot chicken of my mind. <laughs> my um and my being you know like so that's really that's really how i what i was trying to achieve when i saw the track listing and i saw the it was a thank you at the end yeah yeah thanks. thanks and i was like oh you know i was excited because i was thinking here we're gonna get this like beautiful tribute <laughs> <laughs> a roll call of all who've come before <laughs> in the footsteps, standing on the shoulders of giants, African or otherwise. <laughs> and then the first lyric is the motherfucking things I get. Not at all, I loved it. I loved it, I loved it. Because to me, it's like, it sums up the album beautifully, which is that all for all there is to be grateful for, don't think I'm resting and settling exactly. in that place. Exactly. What is important to you that, about the term credit? Because that, song you even start rolling it out like afrofusion that's me like i'm i'm opening these doors for you all and is this the motherfucking thanks i get literally that's the thing for me it's like i'm not gonna say i don't want credit because everyone wants credit for what they do and shit but for me it's more like i want credit from places where where it actually matters you mm. know what i mean places where it actually even though in reality don't mean nothing but places where, like, 
but you can say why. You can explain. And it makes sense to everybody. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. Like, that's the type of shit I want. I want to go somewhere where it's like they see the work and they see everything, the journey and everything. And, you know, they're like, this is amazing. This is, yeah, congratulations. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, and that's only based on that. Like, not based off of, I don't like this person, right? And because I know you don't like this person, I'm gonna mm. tell you congratulations for some shit. Yeah. Or because yeah. I've paid you yeah. some type of money or No whatever. conditions. Unconditional. Yeah, that's the type of shit that means something, and you don't get that. <laughs> in my country. I was going to say, obviously it really still means something to you that for all of the, the miles traveled and all of the numbers done, that when you go home, that it, it, it means something to the people. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It means something to the people who are not part of, mm. of the, who are not part of the game, mm. in a way. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It means something to people who have, who have no no, nothing to gain or lose and nothing to, no stakes in the matter. <laughs> it makes you know what I mean? Yeah, because it makes sense, because I know that you, you're frustrated with this whole kind of idea of sort of, um, you're successful in, in, on industry terms. The first artist to do that, the first African artist to do that, the first Nigerian artist to do that. And I know that that's, I get it now. You're like, it has to mean more than that. Exactly. Exactly. It has to um, mean more than that. It does. Yeah, I get it. It really does. Because right now, there's too much smoke. Like, there's too much lies. You know what I mean? And it's like, there's people who have never and will never leave Nigeria. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Mm. So they're going to be probably depending on what another person who has never left Nigeria. <laughs> is going to be typing and saying about something mm. outside Nigeria. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So it's like, it's just all funny. Like, it's, there's no, it's like, for me, it's like, I only want to see what's real. Like, I only want to see, I only want to see, see and feel stuff and accept stuff that is actually real and I wish... Because you're in the wrong industry. Exactly. And that's what I realized. That's why I just... This is all made up. It's, it's on steroids in Nigeria, <laughs> but it's like, it's a worldwide, it's a worldwide pandemic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you've exposed yourself to it now. That's the difference. Exactly, exactly. For me right now, it's like, I'm not worried about nothing. I don't, I see everything for what it is now. And it's like, nothing really matters that much. <laughs> nothing is really that deep. You know what I mean? It's like, it's just educate, elevate, and be true to, yeah. be true to self and yeah. Yeah. let the rest be what it is. The jewels, yeah. the 12 jewels. What are these 12 jewels? Well, for that, you have to talk to RZA, the Abbott, Wu-Tang Clan. And that's exactly what Burner Boy did. And within that conversation, he recorded a piece of audio that gave him 12 jewels broken into four categories, which, if lived by, these principles can provide the foundation for a deserving and righteous life. This is a RZA philosophy, that, or one that RZA shared with you on the record, which is so beautiful. The four pillars broken into three. Knowledge. Knowledge is based on you and what, you, what you're looking for and your goal. Wisdom. I get the best wisdom from anywhere. Life is a school for me, you know, it's, it's constant learning. 
freedom. I'm happy for the ability to open the door and walk out and come back when I want, yeah. you know? And, yeah. you know, just little shit like that. All right, big one, bro, justice. Self, weighing myself, you know? Do you have good sense of self-awareness? Well, I would like to think so. I mean, I feel like sometimes I do, and sometimes I get mad confused because it's like, it's too much <laughs> going on yeah. at the same time. So is love a simple or a complex? I only really know two extreme types of love, which is one is like love from family, like your mother and your father and shit like that. And then, you know, love from multitudes of millions. Food, clothing and shelter, very important in order to build a foundation out of that, that those are survival. Do you like material things? I don't live for material things. Mm. You know, I'm not defined by material things. What was your first memory of taste? I was a fat kid, man. I tasted everything. <laughs> <laughs> home, what is home? What is shelter? It's just comfort, like, you know, just, it's more, it's, it's your most comfortable place, you know? So what is peace then? When you're home, not literally, like, I mean, when you're home, mm. it's like you're at peace, you know what I mean? Unless your house is not in order. So the 12th jewel, the crucial one is happiness. Do you sort of know that there's a time in your life where happiness will be something else? The fact that I'm here now and, you know, and like I'm alive and everything is going the way it's going. But there's also the one where it's like, it's almost never there, <laughs> you know, but when it is, it's like, it's great. Do you even have a turntable? Yeah. Great, let's get some records. I'm gonna buy his record. I'm sure you have that one. Of course. <laughs> I saw something over here I wanted to get you. Oh yeah, I know it is. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Do you have the Curtis Mayfield live album? Honestly, I don't even know who that is. Bro, let me buy this for you. This is gonna, here it is, this is, Bro, that is incredible. It's a game changer. There's a song on here, The Makings of You. It's one of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard and that live version is just unbelievable. Thank you for letting us use your amazing place. You're picking this up? Yeah, okay. I'm excited. <laughs> Do you know this place is like super legendary? Like it opened kind of when hip hop was first starting out with Cool Herc. And right, it, it did. It opened in 75. So we're on 75. 75, right? So you're like literally, what are you talking like? Two years after Cool Herc played that record in Cedric Avenue, this place yeah. opened up. So the doors open up and it's all going on out there. So everyone's coming in and out of this place. So this place kind of helped build hip hop and rap. A lot of people say that. It's pretty amazing. That's deep. That's bro. pretty deep. <laughs> Thank you for that. And that's the thing. When you spend time with Burner Boy, you feel the gratitude. None more so than in New York City. Where that idea of listening to music as a young person so far away catapulted him into Manhattan and went from ground level all the way up to the top floor of one of the biggest buildings in New York City. Literally standing on top of the world, staring in the direction of the stadium that he's about to play in just over 24 hours time. I think that's when he realized this is where the next level begins. I don't know, man. Does it look like Lagos now? <laughs> no. Yeah, it's like still like nothing you've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was saying. It's like too many buildings, like, you know, so close together. It's like I haven't seen that before. What do you love about this city now that you've traced it from being a fan of the music and what was born out of here to being here to playing the biggest stadium in the in the city. Like, how's your relationship changed with this place? What do you love about it? Well, that's a very deep one for me because this place is very sentimental for me because, you know, 
starting from PlayStation Theater all the way to City Field now. So it's been a journey. Well, and there's been many steps, you know. Did you feel the odds at the time or did you not pay them any mind and just keep focused on the mission? I mean, I definitely felt them, but I also, if I paid them any mind, then I wouldn't be here. Now, you know what I mean? I would have fell for their lies and their, um, their little minds, you and, know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Oh. You talk about little minds and it's interesting, you know, I think as, as people trying to comprehend what's outside of our own environment is tough. It's just tough for, for any of us to do that. And no. you've got so many miles on the road now, Berna, like trying to think of parts of the world you haven't seen or places you haven't gone. I haven't been to China yet, so. Soon come, yeah. right? Soon. But um, how has it opened your mind for better or for worse? The more that you see the world, the more that you experience. What is your take on it? Man, the more I see the world and the more I experience, this kind of makes me understand myself a bit more. Understand why things are the way they are a bit more and why. It just, I just have a lot of answers, you know, to a lot of questions I used to have and previously didn't have answers for. You seem to be more at peace with those answers too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they can go the other way. Sometimes the more we see, the more we don't like and the angrier it can make us. But you seem to be able to accept that what will be will be. That seems to be the Definitely, man. The I mean, it, that, does, that does, also doesn't mean that I'm not angry and I don't get angry and I don't get, you know, doesn't mean I like everything, you know? Like, well, yeah. as you said, what will be will be. And it's like, I change what I have the power to change and leave the rest, you know? So what is the term? Because you've used it a few times and I've used it in my life before, but I never really took the time to think about it too much. I should have done. Hope for the best, prepare for the worst. I know that's somewhat of a mantra for you. Like, well, how do you do that? How do you prepare for the worst? If something good happens, you know, I'm happy about it. You know what I mean? If something bad happens, I'm sad about it. But it's like, mentally in the back of my mind, I knew it could have gone that way. You know, so there's a, there's a limit of preparation, <laughs> you know, in the back of my head for it. So it's like, it doesn't, the impact is not as hard as it would have been if, say, I never thought it was possible yeah. for it to go that way. You were naive, yeah. Then, you know, yeah. I think about the Afrofusion term and I think about what you've created. To me, it feels like a real step on musically like arrangements wise and everything yeah. else like that. Like, I, I love what, you take, what you've taken on this record. And I wonder whether or not for a while, like do people try to, do they send you music that they think sounds like your music? Do you go, oh man, don't try and make something that you think that I would make. That really only happens in America. When I don't for you know, but it stopped happening now because you know, it's happened, it's happened so much now that everyone now knows that that's not the way to go. With it. Mm. How did you want to evolve the album musically this time around? Like, did you have a feeling in mind for the music that you knew would inspire you lyrically and, and emotionally? For me, I just kind of knew um, the direction I wanted it to go in and I just knew the, the feeling I wanted to evoke with it, you know? The people you've chosen to be on this record, I know it's really poignant. I mean, we didn't talk about Jizza. I gotta talk about Jizza, the genius. It's so funny, you know, like Rizza always refers to him as being like, you know, this kind of deep philosophical center yeah. of the Wu-Tang Clan. Yeah. Um, what's it been like kind of getting to work with him? And, yeah, and, it's been a great honor, man. Yeah. yeah. 
what's that energy like when you're around it? Because he seems to have this sage wisdom in his work. I mean, we we did. It wasn't there. We weren't personally sure. in the studio together when he did it, but. When he said, when they sent the first draft to me, yeah. I, I could just feel the whole, the energy. It's like he's, most of the shit is about, he's connecting things that have to do with photography, like shit that has to do with, you know, the vision, like uh-huh. photographic shit. And he's made the whole thing like, he combined and interlock and just, you know, like, yeah. just, Crazy. Man. It's such a it's such an event, like because the the opening song um, is so is so awesome. But then just before that happens and goes into normal, it just feels like like a movie almost. Oh, yeah. That's what the Wu is so so good at, man. Exactly. Like, painting those pictures and exactly, and that's really what I what I was aiming for. Yeah, yeah you captured it beautifully right to the very end. Finish them. Finish them. <laughs> it's making me laugh when I heard that because it's just so like you know. Poof, one last punch. <laughs> and then Cole. Yeah. I mean, legend, man. legend. And someone who I feel like beyond just creatively and musically, you could possibly relate to in the way he, yeah. ha- he, he handles himself, mm, lives sure. his life and finds his space to disappear to. Mm. Is, that, is that part of the, the law of attraction to his work that you sort of recognize Most in, in the individual? Most definitely. Like the truth is often hidden, you know, but when you come across it, and you are a person of truth yourself. You can't help but recognize him, you know what I mean? That's really the story of me and J. Cole. It's like, I recognize it. <laughs> Is that where you're going, do you think? That's something I've always looked at his sayings and thought, raw, that would be a nice, <laughs> very conducive way to end up, you know? And, <laughs> at home? Yeah. You got some big, big shows that you've been doing before you get that done. So this, this Cityfield Stadium show is going to be amazing. Finishing off a summer of stadiums, bro. Um, I'm not going to say you're the first Nigerian to do anything, but it, you, you're the, <laughs> it's the first time Burner Boy stepped on you know, stadium shows on your own terms this year in that regard. How's it been? How those shows felt from Paris to, to London to, to here? I mean, it's been great, man. It's been, it's been amazing. It's been, it's been the mission, you know? Uh, and, um, yeah, I feel like there's still this is the beginning of the new level. How has it changed the way that you perform? Because I always feel like who you were in Times Square and Gramercy versus who you are now, I know you would have brought the same intention and dedication, but you know, just that, that size of stage, that size of environment, even just the choreography of being having to be in one place or another at a certain point, how has it kind of altered the way you see performance? To me, it's still the same concept, it's still the same adrenaline, <laughs> if that's the word. But what changes is the view and the feeling, it's all the same other than that. <laughs> yeah. Where's the mission go next? You've accomplished the stadiums and you've made this beautiful, driving, impactful, kind of slightly pissed off albums. <laughs> so what's next? Slightly. Slightly. Just a little bit. Just the right side. Man, what's next is... Um, More music in the canon? You've even- yeah, it's like, this is actually supposed to be a two-part thing. It's like, I told them... Serious. In something. <laughs> Trying to figure out what the next one's gonna be called now. <laughs> That's what happened. We'll cross that bridge right there. That's what happened. There, man. What about this acoustic album? I wasn't even kidding when when I said I'd bring this back up. I, I, I think with the voice and the way that you perform your songs, we love the energy and the tempo. That might be the next one. Right, right, you know, right. Everyone knows. And people say that if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. That's one of the well, the well-used phrases about New York City, and you know you're doing it, um, and you're doing it on your own terms. I, is that the thing? Maybe your most 
one of the things you're most proud of is that you've been able to get to these places and play to these crowds. And I don't feel like you've had to compromise at all. That's the thing I beat my chest the most about, you know? It's the fact that, yeah, not only did I do it um, on my own terms and all that, I did it against all odds, you know what I mean? And against the wishes of the powers that be in my environment, you know what I mean? So, yeah, it's something I'm really proud of.